0: Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. The triple play fantasy football show. Let's go. Two back-to-back weeks here. We're hitting our stride, and we are ready to roll. And uh, as you know, we got the normal casting crew here, back-to-back weeks. Johnny Foosball, the Bradster Domus, Doc. Doc, we were just on a call a little bit ago, so I already kind of know what's going on with you. Do you? I do. Johnny, I saw some nice little engagement photos from you and Nicole. Those looked mighty nice. Uh, Yeah. That, That was from last weekend.
1: No, that was from like a month ago, man. Keep up. They, people gotta, you know, they gotta edit them. They gotta like make sure everything
0: looks good. That's, That's quite it. the
2: upgrade from chugging a beer at us at Camden Yards. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, from one weekend on TV, another weekend engagement photos. Johnny's living the life. And, and Brad, I feel like we don't talk as much, but back to back weeks we're talking. What's new in, in your world?
2: Nothing much, man. You can catch me at Fantrax HQ. Check out all my articles. I'm doing basketball and football. That's my
0: little plug. I like it. And, uh, buddy Teddy said, Don't be too hard on my Cowboys. Jerry is still the dude. But, all. Uh, we're going to have to dive in. Who did the Cowboys? Was it John?
1: I did. Yeah. Was, oh, no. I hope, I guess he's just as good of a drafter as he is as a driver, I guess.
0: Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like it. Well, of course, we are partnered with our friends over at the Fantasy Points Media Group. And just a reminder there that if you use, use code triple play 22 you'll receive 10% off your subscription to Fantasy Points. And if you go over there right now, you can check out tomorrow, actually, this is going to be streaming part two of their 2022 season town hall, uh, which is going to be with John Hansen, Adam Kaplan, and Greg Cosell and all that crew on the Fantasy Points staff. They go through the AFC talking rookies, landing spots, expectations, and more. Obviously, some big names on that show. It's, it's going to be awesome. And the initial run of Season Projections is live over on Fantasy Points. So if you want to check that out, I went through the projections today, and it's getting me fiending for football. So in Season Projections, great shows coming up. They also have a, a best ball one with the a person who won a million dollars over on Underdog last season. So tons of great stuff over at Fantasy Points and Fantasy Points Media Group. All right, guys, we teased it last week that we were going to get into our division previews, and we always got to start off with the NFC East, the NFC East, as it's been the last few years here. And, and
1: will remain so.
0: It, it seems like it. Johnny, our division's like a powerhouse now. The NFC West <laughs> is where it's at. Um, I know, we've
1: got like three great quarterbacks in the AFC West, uh, and then mm-hmm. even Patrick Mahomes, too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Right. <laughs>
0: So what we're going to do is we're going to go division by division, give you the ins and outs of every NFL team. Now that free agency and the draft have all kind of settled down here and we're going to give you our potential impact rookies for fantasy football and also talk about fantasy relevant players in general for each team and what we can expect from them. These could be new faces and new places, new coaching staff schemes, and so much more factoring in our analysis. So let's start with the, the first one, which is going to be the rookies, the impact rookies for fantasy football purposes. And, Doc, why don't we start with you? I feel like we don't start with you too often. And we touched on it before the show. The Eagles drafted one offensive player in the sixth round.
3: So they drafted a tight end because they gave their first round pick to the Eagles for A.J. Brown, who we'll talk more about.
0: But they took Grant
3: Calcaterra in the sixth round. Now, that could actually be a flyer because right now he's projected fourth on the depth chart behind Goddard. Jack Stoll, who caught four for 22 last year. It's not like setting the world on fire. Our boy Tyree Jackson, but he is coming off a torn ACL, so (laughs) maybe Grant Calcaterra makes some news. Maybe he gets a first touchdown prop bet.
0: Yeah, but he's good for maybe a prop bet, but you would not be drafting him in any season-long leagues or dynasty at this point.
3: I, You know, I hope he hears this and then it's on cold takes, I suppose, because you're just slandering the man. I'm asking you,
0: (laughs) as the Uh, one that did the Philadelphia research here.
3: Uh I mean, I probably wouldn't draft him. But Dynasty, oh, I'm going to
0: put you on cold takes exposed.
3: <laughs> but Dynasty's different than than redraft.
0: OK, fair enough. Brad, let's go to you. You had your Washington. I was about to say Washington football team. Your Washington commanders. Commanders I now, the commies. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> so commies. Why, why, don't, uh, why don't you tell us? Obviously, they drafted Johan Dotson in the first round. And, and you'd expect he could make an impact. But is there anybody besides him?
2: So they drafted two possible fantasy relevant players and Dotson and Brian Robinson out of Alabama at running back. I'll talk about Dotson first. I'm pretty low on Dotson because I think people are forgetting that, you know, Curtis Samuel was hurt basically all last year. Um, he's got a pretty redundant skill set to John Dotson and we already know what he can do. Um, they're going to be paying him more. So I expect to see Curtis Samuel a lot on the field. Um, I don't, look at Dotson as any more than a slot receiver and to be frank with Carson Wentz at the quarterback position I'm not too excited on any wide receivers other than Terry McLaurin
1: and he went to Penn State
2: and he went to Penn State so uh aside from him I think the only other person that people might consider is Brian Robinson at running back right now he's third or fourth on their depth chart depends who you ask or where you look and I think, you know, people are getting a little ahead of themselves when they're talking about, you know, being worried about Antonio Gibson and whether or not he's going to have the workhorse role. And I think it's pretty clear he's not going to have the workhorse role because J.D. McKiss- McKissick is still there and he's always going to have that third down role as on just on lockdown. He's that pass catching back. But I think the reason they drafted Brian Robinson is because in two years, Antonio Gibson is going to be a free agent. So I think they want to trade him. They don't want to pay a running back. They want to get him off the books. I think this is That's probably going to be maybe this year or next year will be the last year Antonio Gibson will be a Washington Commander, and then they'll start to look forward and and start to get Brian Robinson some touches. But I don't think you can expect much from him this year.
0: That's interesting. What would you value Antonio Gibson this year? Like what? First, my first question is, where do you feel comfortable drafting him? Like what round? And then my second question is. Do you think that he is somebody that is better than an RB2 this year?
2: So I have him as my RB15 overall this year. Um, He finished RB14 last year, and he's kind of always been around that area in his first two years in the league. I think you can expect the same exact role that he had last year, which is first and second down and goal line. Um, Aside from that, you know, don't expect much from him on third down. Aside from the occasional, you know, when they're putting McKissick and Gibson out there. So depending on your draft strategy, I'm probably looking at him in the fourth, fifth, sixth rounds. So I he probably wouldn't fall to me. But um if you're looking for a running back early, I think you're better off taking somebody that might be a, a three-down back, and he's not going to be that guy.
1: Do they make three-down backs anymore
2: in the NFL? You got one. <laughs>
0: Josh Jacobs. Not anymore, uh, baby. Yeah, there's like yeah,
1: five running backs there's, now. <laughs> there's
0: Thunder. Uh, thunder's the mere white there, but we'll have to save that for another preview. Zeus, Johnny, as they call him. That's right, Zeus. I think I, I don't know why I said Thunder. He's Zeus. Um, <laughs> all right, Johnny, you had the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody's wondering what they have in terms of rookies. So, and I know they drafted a nice wide receiver um, in the third round. Jalen, That's Luke a Colbert. strong word.
1: That's a strong word for him, David. Okay, go give us your call. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. I mean, like you said, they got Jalen Tolbert um, relatively early. Um, But it's not really someone I'm targeting for the majority of the season because it's going to be Gallup as the number two. And then if you want to pick a wide receiver who's fighting for a third or fourth spot, uh, go for it. But you're going to see most of his upside just at the beginning of the year when Gallup's out. Uh, Otherwise, he and James Washington are pretty much fighting for um, the remaining targets uh, between the two of them. And they also got a tight end. I'm going to go the opposite of Eric. I'm going to say this rookie tight end, Jake Ferguson, is going to get, nice, you know, idea. he's going to get a touchdown, you know, by week by week three. And <laughs> you're going to wish you're going to wish you had um, uh, played him just week three, not week one, not week two, not week four, just week three when he gets the touchdown.
0: <laughs> Call in the week two. <laughs> I like it. Um, oh, obscure tight end
3: touchdown. We need to bring that
0: back. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, Jalen Tolbert just really quick. Third round pick, 82 catches of 1,400 yards, eight touchdowns his senior year at South Alabama. And he actually, so Dallas last year was 14th out of 32 teams in explosive play rate, which is 20 or more yards of a pass or 10 or more yards of a rush. And Jalen Tolbert is the explosive play guy. He actually led all of FBS since, he leads all of FBS since 2019 uh, with catches of 15 or more yards. So he has 77 since 2019. So he's somebody I think Dallas is really hoping to improve the explosive part of their passing game. And uh, that's something like John mentioned, too, with maybe at the beginning of the season, if Gallup's not quite there yet, he makes a huge impact early on. And if you're in a redraft league and he's balling out, you might be able to uh, send him packing to another team and get a lot of nice assets back. Yeah. Uh, but
1: David's always wheeling and dealing. He's talking about a player he might not even draft and trying to trade him already.
0: Gotta <laughs> be early, man. If if you're uh, if somebody you're on
1: waivers, he's already trying to connive how to trade somebody on waivers for for better players. That's
0: What's the true. expression? If you're on time, you're late, or something like that. If you stay
2: so, ready. You don't have to get ready.
0: All right, that's a, that's a better Maybe one.
3: Some good sayings.
0: Um, real quick for the Giants, they drafted two rookies on the offensive side of the ball this past draft. Ah, uh, the one that I don't think has as much relevance is tight end Dave, uh, Daniel Bellinger from San Diego State. I wonder if he's related to Cody Bellinger. I didn't look that up, but I feel like we a, hear more about if he was. He's a fourth round pick. Uh, I don't think there's going to be too much fantasy relevance just because there is Ricky Seals Jones and Jordan Akins in front of him. The so, Seals Jones. Yeah, the the Seals Jones is there. So I don't think, at least his rookie season, he does anything to really relevant being on redraft radar dynasty leagues. I mean, if you play in in really deep dynasty leagues, maybe he's someone you get towards the end of your draft, but the the real guy we need to talk about Wendell Robinson, the wide receiver from Kentucky, who it looks kind of like a Kadarius Tony clone, even though they're not the exact same size. Kadarius Tony is six foot 193 and Wendell Robinson is five eight, but they play very much the same type of player. They're like an offensive weapon. Someone you can put in the slot. Lineup in the backfield, insanely fast, really good athlete in general. Uh, This is a guy that had 1,445 scrimmage yards and seven touchdowns last year. He'll be the guy that you'll see breaking ankles on SportsCenter, making highlight films, defenders missing the open field. But as far as fantasy option, this is who else is on this team catching passes. You have Kenny Galladay. You have Darius Slayton. You have Sterling Shepard. You have Kadarius Toney. Those are the locked-in Four guys ahead there's, of him, right there's now. There's
1: nothing I love better than all season talk, where David is talking up every single skill position player. I I'm talking him down last week, but it's just we're just oh, you got you have got Sterling Shepard. I mean, it's just <laughs> I'm just it, saying, it, that hey, all... how are you going to beat out Sterling
0: Shepard? <laughs> I mean, he's he's also recovering from an a, a torn ACL, I think. So but I think there's just so much. Traded. I mean, someone could be traded. As it stands today, there's so much competition. It's like. Do I feel comfortable drafting him at this point? I don't I don't really. I think he's gonna be a better real life player his rookie season than a fantasy player. But the, he's explosive and where, I could uh, see that changing if pieces are moved.
2: Where would you feel comfortable drafting him if he fell to you?
0: I have to see what his ADP is. Um, but he's somebody that maybe like my last two or three round pick in like a you know, a twenty twenty five round draft. Maybe, but at this point, obviously things could change. But I will say too, the Giants have the most money committed to their wide receivers of any team in the NFL. That's
3: so funny.
0: Which is pretty interesting for the lack of production last year.
2: They just cut uh, Bradbury because they wanted
0: to free up 10 million in cap. Sign another receiver, sign Julio. They can't get out of Galladay's contract. Um, and I think they just re signed Sterling Shepard to a contract extension too last they year. They restructured tonight. it. Yeah.
1: I would love to be a bad GM. There just seems to be like no <laughs> downside. They get do Slater on Twitter. That's it.
0: <laughs> Doc, let's go back to the Eagles who have made a huge splash this offseason, bringing in AJ Brown to their wide receiving core here. Give us the fantasy relevant players on this team and just expectations we might have for them.
3: So I'm going to start with Jalen Hurts. And Brad, you and I are so going to disagree with him because I have him going down. He was QB9 last year, QB6 on a points-per-game basis. And I think he's going to be a better real-life quarterback, but fantasy-wise, no. Like So last year, he actually led the Eagles in rushing with 784. He had 10 rushing touchdowns. Do you want to guess how many of those 10 rushing touchdowns were one-yard rushes? Like six of them. Five. Five one-yard rushing touchdowns. Another one from the two, another one oh, from the three.
1: That's that's why I guessed six. That was <laughs> yep. so
3: seven. Seven rushing touchdowns within the three. Miles Sanders had zero, so you figure that balances out. Uh, but I think he's going to be a better real life quarterback. But I think temper expectations for fantasy. AJ Brown, I think, is going to have a really good year. He was wide receiver thirty two last year. Um, he had only double digit targets three times. And two of the times he went double digits, he had 31.5 fantasy points. Uh, his target share, 84, 106, 105. The Eagles didn't trade a first and sign him to a contract extension to not throw him the ball. So, um, And people forget last year he was coming off double knee surgery. So I think his first year fully healthy coming back from that, we're going to see him be a wide receiver one easily. i I probably rank him in the 9 or 10 range. Um for the other pass catcher, Devonta Smith, he was wide receiver 30 last year. Went 64 for 9, 16, and 5. I think he's going to have a consistent floor. He'll get you 60 to 80 receiving yards a game. Um, you know, I maybe not below 50 too much, but I don't think he's going to be the wide receiver one the Eagles drafted him to be last year, so I think his dynasty value takes a little hit. Miles Sanders, I'm only going to have him slightly up. He's only 25, but he's had six touchdowns his first two years. It's zero last year. So if he stays healthy, see him being a little bit better than he was. And Dallas Goddard, you're going to call me crazy. I actually think he might be a top three safe tight end play. Oh, in top
0: three? That's top amazing. three.
3: I actually who's, think Travis who's Kelsey. Who's your top is, three then? Travis Kelsey is riskier than him. Whoa. Ooh. You know what you're going to get with Tyreek Hill. Are you turning into John,
0: just hating Chiefs right
3: now? No, no. Here's the thing. No, David, I hate the Kansas City football team. (laughs) Travis.
0: Yeah, I know. Everybody that's associated.
3: We haven't seen what Kelsey's done without Tyreek Hill in a while because Tyreek Hill stretches the field. And I think a lot of teams worry about taking him away because of that speed. But... Teams might focus in on Travis Kelsey. I mean, I know that they got Sky Moore and they're going to have Juju Smith-Schuster, but Patrick Mahomes isn't going to have the report that he has with them. So I could see teams easily taking Kelsey away. Now, he his ceiling is definitely higher than Goddard, but the consistency, I just don't see as much there. In nine games with five-plus targets, this is Goddard. He's fluctuated between three to five touchdowns his four years. I think he, if he could scratch six to eight, um, he was tight end eight last year. I think he could easily be tight end five, six and somebody that you plug in week in week out and you feel pretty confident starting.
0: So just to recap, where's Jalen hurts among your quarterbacks?
3: I haven't finished my rankings yet, but I think he's going to be like QB 11 QB 12
0: outside the top 10 for you. Yeah. That's going to be very different from, content. I like it. It's different. Uh, Eric did touch on all our rankings are going to be on our Patreon and you'll be able to access them there. Uh, in the next, I would say, coming weeks. So Brad has the, his done, a couple hours are finishing ours up here. But
3: the, the Jalen Hurts is the inverse of last year, where he was a bad real-life quarterback, but a good fantasy one. I mean, he had six games with 200-plus passing yards, two with 300-plus. It was really from that rushing upside we had. I think the Eagles want to see if he's their franchise guy by giving him weapons to see if he can be the passer.
0: And A.J. Brown, you have as better or worse or the same than last year?
3: Uh, I'll have to look back. I had A.J. Brown lower than you did. I know you were really high on him.
0: Yeah, he was doing great before he got hurt. Brad, now let's go to you in Washington, and let's talk about not as many fantasy-relevant players on this team as the Eagles, but there are some that we should talk about.
2: Yeah, I think we only have about two fantasy-relevant players on the entire Washington team. If you look at QB, Carson Wentz is the unquestioned QB1. They just – you know. Decided to pay him a buttload of money by trading for him. So that's that's just the reality of the situation. At this point, we kind of know what Carson Wentz is. He's going to be a middle floor type of quarterback with a very low ceiling. Um, he's not the, you know, gunslinging quarterback that, you know, was in, in the Eagles in his first year. He's just not that guy anymore. Um, he's going to have a lot of interceptions. He's going to be able to make good throws. He's no doubt, you know, an NFL quarterback. But in terms of fantasy... I have him outside of my top 20 in, in QB rankings. Um, if you were going for a no QB strategy, maybe he's on your radar. I think you could be happy with, you know, putting Carson Wentz out there each week if you're loaded at running back and wide receiver and tight end. Otherwise, I he's not on your radar in the top, you know, six or seven rounds. Um moving to running back, we we talked about Antonio Gibson already. Basically, he's he's in my RB 15 slot. He's gonna have the same role that he had last year. Um, his biggest issue really is just staying healthy. Um, he's got that that turf toe that that keeps nagging at him, and um, I, I think he did end up getting surgery on it. So hopefully we can see that go away. But um, it's always been injuries an opportunity for Antonio Gibson that that kept him from being you know a a top ten RB talent, and basically he's gonna have that same issue this year. So he's probably not gonna have the third down role. And they're probably going to phase him out of the offense eventually, whether it be this year or next year to start getting a cheaper running back look in. And then at wide receiver, we've got Terry McLaurin. Um, I think he's the only guy that you can kind of uh, expect to be a wide receiver one on your team. Um, He's finished top 24 in fantasy wide receiver production all three years of his career. Um, And then you have Curtis Samuel, and uh Dotson and I don't think you know those are waiver wire guys for me. Um so really it's just it's just gonna be uh uh Terry McLaurin and and Antonio Gibson that you're gonna look at for fantasy.
0: Yeah, I mean I think that's about it, right? I mean, like you said, I think beautifully, Curtis Samuel, Johan Dotson, um even maybe a tight end that that ends up kind of shining at some point in Washington. These are all guys you're not looking to season-long production there may be waiver wire guys you pick up you start in a pinch and like when you have bye weeks and uh that's i think at what at this point right now what you can expect from those guys johnny cowboys and there are some weapons on this team how should we feel about them yeah,
1: there's less than last year but um i think really a big issue is i'm i'm worried about the receiving core i mean i always like to um you know, mock Amari Cooper for a lot of drops, but he is productive, you know, on a bi-weekly basis. Amari Cooper's <laughs>
0: not on the team anymore. I know that's
1: what I'm saying. He's oh. gone, David. That's why I was saying there's a less players. You listen with more than your ears, buddy. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. He's gone. So you're left with CeeDee Lamb, who is now number one and uh hobbled Michael Gallup, who I'm worried about not only for games missed, but as especially when he comes back. Is he going to be 100%? And then you have the rookie. And then you have James Washington, who was irrelevant last year. And he's going to be irrelevant this year. You know, we've seen what he can do and can't do. And it's mostly leans towards what he can't do. So that's why I'm worried about the receiving core, except for CeeDee Lamb. I don't expect big numbers out of any of them. And by translation, that means you worry about Dak Prescott. I know everybody last year was really high on him. Uh, coming off the injury and maybe, you know, another year, you know, is a little bit more comfortable, but I think you just can't take away weapons from your would be franchise quarterback and assume him to continue. It's a lesson for the Cowboys. Maybe also the chiefs we'll see what happens, but for the most part, that's what worries me is just the lack of receiving and the the tight ends are never, are, are nothing special uh, between Jarwin. And and then they did get Mr. Jake Ferguson, who's going to get one touchdown in the third game, but there's just not a lot of options there to throw the ball to. And then this is going to be a little controversial. Everybody's, we do this every year that it now is the year that, that Pollard is going to be the, the main guy <laughs> there and it's never happened. And the definition of insanity is doing the same thing again, expecting different results. Ezekiel Elliott is still going to be the RB one there. He had a, a sneaky good year last year. Uh, and the most important part was he was durable and available, which in, you know, 2022, uh, as a running back and a fantasy running back, that's honestly the most important thing is just to be available.
0: Let me, let's play the uh, name. This game. is the
1: year. This is the year. Okay? No, it can't be. It can't be the year for the fifth year in a row. <laughs>
0: <laughs> let's play a game here. Ezekiel Elliott or Aaron Jones in PPR. Aaron Jones. Jones. Zeke. Brad Jones. Ezekiel Elliott or Austin Eckler. Oh, come on.
3: Eckler. Eckler.
0: I'm giving exactly. you fantasy pros. These are this is fantasy pros ADP. Elliott is fifth. Aaron Jones is sixth. Saquon Barkley or um, Austin Eckler seventh, and then Saquon Barkley's eighth. Saquon Barkley or Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott. Zeke.
2: Zeke. But I do have Saquon in my top ten this year.
0: Wow, a complete <laughs> flip from last year. Yeah. Well, have to, I can't wait till we uh. We'll have to dive into that a little bit. I mean, I'll let you get some time during mine to, to discuss that because for the Giants, we have Daniel Jones. Who We'll, we'll
2: save that for our ranking show.
0: Oh, uh, we could. Okay. I like where your head's at. Um, so we have the Giants. Obviously, Daniel Jones back there. He had single digit passing touchdowns uh, last season. Obviously, injuries have been something that's been big. Lack of performance. But he's got players around him that can produce this year. So this is pretty much the Giants are didn't give him his fifth-year option. They were like, this is the year to prove it. If you don't do it this year, you're done. I would think, barring him being a pro bowler, that he's done with New York after this season. He's nothing to me. as Someone that's great in a super flex league as your second quarterback for his rushing upside. But in a single quarterback league, he's not going to be rostered most of the time, other than a bye week fill-in. Saquon Barkley is very intriguing. Because Devontae Booker, from an efficiency standpoint last year, was better than him. Yards per carry, just the way he even looked on TV, he would just go and he'd find a hole and he would hit it. Saquon Barkley wants the home runs, so he kind of dances a little bit more, looks for it, gets more negative yardage, in turn also can get positive yards if he breaks away and hits one. It's really hard for me to talk about Saquon Barkley and be 100% sure where I feel about him. 24 PPR points per game, second only to Todd Gurley in 2018. Then he went down to 18.8 points per game his next year, RB7 that year. Then obviously, you know, he tore uh, or he missed a bunch of games with his high ankle sprain. Then he tore his ACL. And then in 13 games last season, 11.6 points per game in PPR scoring, a mid-RB3. It's just, to me he played really well with Eli Manning in terms of just the amount he would get through the air in 20 games with Eli Manning. He averaged 23.3 points per game in uh, 24 games without Manning. He's averaged 13.8 points per game. So almost 10 points lower per game with Daniel Jones than he had with Eli Manning. I wonder if the explosiveness is still there. That's the biggest thing with me with him. And for right now, I have Saquon Barkley. He'll be probably closer to RB20 for me, probably somewhere between RB15 and 20. The wide receivers, we just went through a list of them, but just for those that missed it, Kenny Galladay, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, Kadarius, Tony, and now Wendell Robinson. are going to be their top five wide receivers this year. Kenny Galladay had 76 targets last year, which was the most among all wide receivers uh, on the team. Sterling Shepard, a 20% target share, most target share on the team. It's it's a mess, to say the least. I don't think there's anybody in this group, and Kenny Galladay on Fantasy Pros right now is wide receiver 30. Maybe he's the guy you draft as like a, uh, your first bench wide receiver in a 12-team league. I would do that.
3: I think that's fair. I think that, that's
0: about where you're uncomfortable taking him. He's not somebody, if I put in my starting lineup, I'm comfortable with. And that goes with the rest of these guys, too. I'm not comfortable starting Sterling Shepard, who's coming off of a torn ACL and might not even be ready for the start of the season. Obviously, Kadarius Toney, we saw one and a half games of what he could do, but is that worth starting? No. Darius Slayton is has two or three games a year where he blows up, and the rest, he's awful. So I think where it all stands with this team, there's not one player besides Saquon Barkley that – you're going to actually have in your starting lineup from day one, I think in a 12 team or lower league, 15 team leagues, obviously you'll have some more, but Dave. 12 teams or lower. Saquon Barkley. And, and that's to me as like your RB two, that's, that's still kind of like a still dancing around with fire there. And, and as I touched with the tight ends, Ricky seals, Jones, Jordan Aikens, uh maybe they'll have one or two games where one of them gets a couple touchdowns. Sounds right like now. a tight end, obscure touchdown. Yeah. Score. yeah they're going to be obscure tight end touchdown scores. That's about Let's it.
2: Say- Let's say, you know, the Giants go like 0-6 or something, and they decide they're out on Daniel Jones, and they give it to Tyrod Taylor. Would there be anybody that you give a boost or a downgrade if Tyrod Taylor was the quarterback going forward?
0: Tyrod, I could give a Tyrod, who knows? I could give a boost. I mean, he's, he's a really t- good touch on his deep ball. So someone like a Darius Slayton. I like would give it to Galladay. He would throw it up. Me too. I mean, Galladay and Slayton are both deep ball players, but then people like Kadarius Toney, uh, who go more in the middle of the field, I think would get downgrades. But I'm still interested to see. I don't think this roster is set by any means. I, I mean, we heard that um, Kadarius Tony might get traded. That still might be possible. And that would get Wendell Robinson more value going into next year. But this team is... As it stands today, one player you're starting confidently in twelve-team leagues or lower, and it's a mess in real life for them, fantasy for them. They did have a good draft for the most part. Uh, Manny agrees, but that's what <laughs> I think where it <laughs> stands with the Giants. But before we close out the show, gentlemen, anything else from any of these teams that you guys feel like should be touched upon? There, <laughs> Eagles oh. gonna win the division. Eagles win the division? Eagles no win Yeah, I
2: got Eagles winning the division. Also, um, Johnny, I think I heard Johnny mention it, but I'd also say that uh uh on the t- on the tight end side, the Cowboys mm-hmm. with Dalton Schultz, I think that could be an interesting like late tight end you could grab and then maybe they find their way into like the top 6 or 7 of the tight end rankings by the end of the year cuz Yeah. Dak is going to get all the volume that he wants. And like, you know, like Johnny mentioned, they're going to have a, a worse wide receiver room than they've had in quite a few years. So I think they're going to lean on the tight end more, I like Dalton Schultz a lot.
0: Yeah, he's somebody that you can get if you don't get the initial top guys like Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, George Kittle. He's in that kind of mid-tier that you could probably be comfortable with if you got, and that's perfectly okay in that range. But we're going to wrap it up there. Again, that's our NFC East. Preview for fantasy football. I think we've hit a lot in 30 minutes, which is awesome. If you enjoy the content, please make sure you guys are subscribed on YouTube. Where A lot of our videos are not people that are subscribed. They're searching and finding them. Uh, if you enjoy it, the subscriptions are the best way to support us. So please make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Make sure you guys leave a comment, like the video. All that stuff helps us. And then if you guys are on the podcast, please make sure you guys are downloading and subscribe to the pod for when new pod releases are dropped. And then if you feel like leaving a review, that always means the world, especially to Brad. Brad will text me when we get a review. So that's that always makes my day. It makes his day. It makes all our days here. So thank you guys so much for checking this out. And we'll uh, catch you guys next week. And until then, we're going to make like a bread truck and haul these buns.
2: Peace.